This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're doing well and hanging in there as best you can during these turbulent and uncertain times. You know, as we all navigate through this COVID-19 pandemic, there certainly has been one segment of our population that has been the most severely impacted, and that's our seniors. It has been well documented that seniors have been disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. And not to mention the isolation that has hit them. I mean, we've all been isolated during this crisis, but this isolation has been especially difficult for seniors. Well, my guest today is Lisa Marsh Ryerson, and she's the CEO of the AARP Foundation, which is a charitable affiliate of the AARP. She is going to share about all of the services her foundation is providing to help address these health issues and the isolation that this crisis has brought and how you can get involved if you're interested. Enjoy today's show. Well, Lisa, thanks for being on the show today. It has been well documented that seniors have been disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, not to mention the isolation that has been forced on all of us during this pandemic. This isolation has been especially difficult for seniors. So what are you seeing with older adults and what is AARP Foundation doing to help address both the health issues and the isolation issues that this crisis has brought? Yeah, Rob, so wonderful to be talking with you today, first and foremost, but also about this important topic of isolation because... I know that you and I know that well before we even knew uh, about COVID-19, had heard the word coronavirus, isolation was actually on the rise across the nation and in particular for older adults. And I think it's important to start there just to sort of level set that work at AARP Foundation where we've worked on the topic of isolation as a social determinant of health has been ongoing for us for almost a decade now. And we were fortunate enough to be able to sponsor an important study from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine that confirmed that nearly a quarter of Americans, Rob, age 65 and older, who live in community settings were socially isolated. And more than a third of adults age 45 and older and half of adults over 60 reported being lonely. So those are sometimes related but but different concepts. And, you know, as we know, with stay-at-home orders and important physical distancing to prevent the spread of coronavirus, many more older adults have been at home for longer periods of time. And so the negative impacts of prolonged isolation have taken hold. Four decades of research shows that social isolation over a period of time results in earlier deaths from all causes. And in fact, a study has found that it is the health equivalent of smoking, Rob, 15 cigarettes a day. I mean, honestly, that is just astounding, the uh, impact that isolation has on our mental as well as our physical health. And I know that you at your foundation are doing a lot to address that. In fact, one of the things that I was really impressed with was your Connected Communities program. So perhaps talk more about the Connected Communities program. For my listeners, this is a program that connects older adults 
to their senior housing communities by enabling them to access community information using just their voice. Such a great idea. And then I understand that you also have a free chatbot designed for older adults to use through texting. Perhaps you could talk about both of these resources some more. Yes, Rob. Thrilled always to talk about the wonderful work of my great team at AARP Foundation. And as I said, luckily we'd been working in this space and sort of testing and learning and using not just the research about root causes of isolation, but also our drive to innovate to find scalable solutions. And fortunately, Rob, they were in place prior to stay-at-home orders. So our Connected Communities program that you highlight is really exciting for me because it's a a great example of co-creation. And by that I mean we were able to develop the tool of Connected Communities with um, older adults who are residents in affordable senior housing and also the community managers of affordable senior housing um, residences who really helped us create a product, a tool that works best for the end users. And what we're doing, Rob, is harnessing what I would say is voice-first technology. So through speakers that can be installed in the residence room, so think about something like an Amazon Alexa or a Siri or a Google Assist, uh, we are able to work with the community managers to do everything from helping older adults assess where they are on the isolation continuum Property managers and directors of activities can push information through the speakers so that residents know about everything from what are the activities to asking a question about how they might be able to access, for example, benefits such as reduced taxi fare. Um, It really has been wonderful, Rob. It's a leapfrogging technology, so with just your voice, you can connect to community resources. I think most importantly, Rob, during this time, the important time, in particular for older adults who are at much greater risk for a serious or negative outcome from coronavirus, when they're staying in their residence, the community managers could stay in touch with them and push through the smart speakers information that they needed to know about what was happening within the community. So just a great advancement in technology. And I, I know with your great uh, work as a nonprofit leader, you could, you could dream with me about how we might use Voice First to really scale some programs and opportunities for uh, people who are isolated. Yeah, I'm really impressed with the technology that you've implemented. And I know you do a lot, not just for seniors in general around the country, but you do a lot specifically for low-income seniors, providing various programs that are focused on providing senior residents living in affordable housing, both the tools and resources that are critical for them. Could you share a bit about those programs that really do focus on the low-income community here across the country that you're specifically serving? Yeah, thanks so much, Rob. We are. We are focused at AARP Foundation Our vision, which is a lofty vision, is a country free of poverty where no older person feels vulnerable. And we're working to create and advance effective solutions so that low-income older adults can secure the essentials. So when I share that with you, it, it calls to the fore that we are working in the social determinants of health space and that we are critical problem solvers, really working on solutions that can be scaled and that are affordable and accessible for low-income older adults, a population which is really on the rise across our nation. So one other such tool uh, you referred to earlier, it's also our chatbot. And all of these tools can be found on connecttoeffect.org. And the chatbot is terrific. We are able to use through text messaging. 
So just by virtue of using a text message on a phone, a low-income older adult who is feeling isolated can chat with a chat bot, and the coaching through this bot is to help low-income older adults tap into their own agency. It helps them rebuild critical social connections. And the feedback has been extraordinarily positive. It's, it's so terrific for me to know that we've provided this accessible tool that encourages low-income and vulnerable older adults to learn about how they can reach out to others and to critical resource and supports within their community. But, Rob, additionally, a big piece of our work is providing workforce services for low-income older adults who are 50 and older who are maybe they've lost a job or they are in a condition of underemployment, meaning that they have, if you lose a job and you're 50 and older, it takes twice as long, Rob, to return to the workforce. And we know this because of our experience with earlier recessions and given the fact that since the start of the year, nationally, unemployment is three times higher than it was at the beginning of the year, we anticipate that that return to work time will be at least double time. So what we're doing is working to help low-income older adults leverage the skills and experiences they already have and then upskill or reskill to be ready for in-demand jobs right in their own communities. And that shows up in programs such as Work for Yourself at 50 Plus, which is a program that helps uh, adults 50 and older make decisions about whether or not they want to become an entrepreneur or, as the title says, work for themselves. We also have a great program called Back to Work 50 Plus where we're working, Rob, with community colleges and workforce organizations across the nation to provide coaching, reskilling, and training for job searching for individuals who are out of work and 50 and older. And I love these programs, Rob, because they're I think such a, an example of the best of work in nonprofits when we work collaboratively with organizations that already exist in communities across our nation and we, we bring our unique skill sets and assets together to help people in community. Well, well done. And I know that you're facing a lot of challenges, especially now in light of COVID-19. So perhaps for you, say maybe to those last year, but certainly the last few months, what have been some of your biggest challenges that you're facing today as an organization? Yeah, I mean, we are all reeling, right, from COVID-19 or maybe the intersection of a, a range of pandemics in our nation. So one of the challenges, and again, this is where I was so pleased at our ability to be thinking about digital divide and digital disruption in advance of the pandemic, Rob. But, and I'd be curious for your point of view on this topic, but with the stay-at-home orders, I mean, I remember the day. So it, in mid-March, we needed to, for example, suspend our in-person tax preparation programs for moderate to low-income older adults. And just to provide some sense of what that means, Rob, we run the largest free in-person volunteer-led tax assistance program in the United States. So it meant that at that time we had about 36,000 volunteers working in 5,000 sites across the United States helping older adults prepare their taxes. And it was hard for us. This is really important because for example, in, in the last tax season, we served about 2.5 million people, 
and that resulted in about $1.4 billion in returns and over $200 million in earned income tax credit. And so when I share those numbers, you know, you know those resources are important for individuals. Well, we were really lucky that we had already been innovating and, and working on some use of technology with our volunteers for tax preparation. So it was a challenge, though, Rob. We had a much smaller number of volunteers, just over 500, who were able to help us set up using phone coaching so that tax preparers could prepare their taxes and or computer or screen sharing, helping taxpayers access free tax preparation software. So that's one example. The other example was the workforce training. You know, unemployment, as you and I know, is on the rise. Older adults, about 30%, according to an AARP study, have seen a real decrease in their income, whether that's because their workplace closed um, or because their hours were reduced. So we had to make that transition to offering our workforce services digitally or through a virtual environment. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to share that I was happy that we had tools and testing already in place. But the real challenge is we have to disrupt digitally, and that means we have to come together nationally and address the digital divide, whether it's access to the infrastructure and, and reliable, affordable access to the Internet, and the fact that many low-income older adults do not have the tool in their hand, whether it's a smartphone or a tablet or access to a computer, and if they do, we also want to be addressing technology training. So as you can tell, Rob, I can go on and on about the challenges that we're facing, but I think that as with any challenge, even though it's hard in, in the midst of this pandemic where there is such loss of life and where we see numbers of, of low-income older adults growing to, to find a bright light, I'm an optimist, Rob, and I always look for that bright light. And one bright light for me is that I am seeing more people and organizations coming together around these critical shared challenges, around digital divide. More people have been at home. So we have this shared humanity or maybe shared vulnerability about being isolated that I hope leads each of us to be a better neighbor when we return to whatever the normal is for us. Well, we are supported by Cinch Web Services, your best choice for WordPress support. We have a special offer for those who listen to this show. Cinch is the best choice you can make for WordPress and WooCommerce support. They're experts at solving all sorts of website issues, from big problems like fixing a completely broken site to the tiniest of details that are stumping you. Cinch offers ongoing support plans starting at just $99 a month, which covers all mandatory website maintenance tasks, plus 30-minute fixes for free. I personally use Cinch for my websites, and I can say that the support and expertise I've received from them is top-notch. They're great to work with, and I no longer need to worry about the health or status of our websites because Cinch is there for us. Now, here's the best part. You can get 50% off your first month of support at cinchws.com slash nonprofit leadership, and just use the promo code leadership during checkout. Once again, that's cinchws.com slash nonprofit leadership and use the promo code leadership for 50% off your first month of support. We want to thank Cinch for sponsoring our show and for being a reliable support team we can trust. 
Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows. It'll be actually sent right to your inbox. And that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. This podcast is dedicated to nonprofit leadership. And Lisa, you're an experienced leader who's providing excellent leadership through your role. As you think about leadership, what are the top three most important aspects of leadership in your opinion? Okay, you're hearing my silence, <laughs> Rob. I think that this is why you're, you're such a great leader and, and uh, uh, producer of this podcast because you're asking me to be crisp with just three. And boy, it's hard to to come up with my top three. But I'm going to start with my first, Rob, and I'll tell you a little bit more about my background. So prior to being fortunate enough seven years ago to be invited to lead the work at AARP Foundation, I'm an educator by training, and I was a college president for almost two decades. And I taught middle school for a time, too, which is a great and important, valued piece of my background. So my first lesson is that to be an effective leader is to understand that to be leader is to be learner. I have found throughout my leadership journey that it's very important to be eager to learn, to know what I don't know, and to be so passionate about my curiosity. Have you shared that, Rob, in your leadership? You've led great organizations. Oh, well, thank you so much. No, I think you're absolutely right. You nailed it. Uh, I remember a mentor of mine a long time ago said, uh, the leaders that become less effective over time are the leaders that stop learning. So learning is absolutely critical for you to continue to be a long-term, sustainable you know, leader that continues to inspire people for a long period of time. Yeah, and it's so great. I'm so happy that you found that as well. And, you know, it's interesting for me, Rob, because even as I was making this transition to head to AARP Foundation, and I've, I've worked in the nonprofit world for a long time, so I'm very motivated by mission, right, really motivated by mission. But when I was a college president at the various, as you'll remember, the various ceremonies and convocations and, and conversations with students, which, which I loved, about my time um, as a college president, I can almost remember the day, Rob, when I looked in the mirror, sort of suited up in my robes and thought, I'm going to have another conversation with new students, reminding them that they have to learn how to learn across their lifetime, and they have to be ready for lives and careers of challenge, opportunity, and change, and that their education will provide them with the tools to be flexible. That's what would be required in their careers. And I remember Rob stepping back and thinking, but wait a minute, I've been a college president for almost 20 years. Have I been the, have I been the role model for that change? So when I had this chance to move, it was a bit of, you know, walking my talk. And it's been really fabulous. 
to have seven years in a role that required me to 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 become an expert about new topics. Uh, just just really a joy for me. But a second lesson that I've learned is that whatever role I've had, whether it was you know classroom teacher or president of a college and now president at AARP Foundation, my title may be president, and this would be true of whatever a leadership title is, but I'm actually the chief clarity officer. I think that effective leadership is about knowing how important it is to provide clarity for our teams about our mission work and our strategic planning work, all of our work at all times, because it's really hard for our teams to do their best work if they're unclear about what the goals are, if they are unclear about how their work rolls up to meeting the goals, and they need sight lines. Everyone needs sight lines to the goals and to where the organization is in order to feel supported for, for peak performance, which is so important at a mission-based organization where we're meeting you know, critical essential needs for low-income older adults. So the lesson is, to be leader is to be clarity officer. Again, Rob, I'm curious if you found that on your journey. I love that the clarity officer, that's a great, I've never heard that term before quite in that way, but I love it. Um, yeah, again, I think sometimes we as leaders, we get so focused on being maybe exact or waiting for all the facts to come in to be 100% sure about a decision. Um, and I've, again, this is something I picked up from somebody a long time ago that said it's more important to be clear than to be 100% certain because so many things in life are not certain actually, but you need to be clear when you're moving in a direction. And then if you say it's the wrong direction, then you're clear to say, I'm sorry, that was a bad mistake. Let's move this direction because obviously that was the wrong way. You know, so clarity is more important than certainty. And that's, that's been something I've learned uh, over the years. It's right. true. I've heard it sort of a different way, which is, it, you're right, it is, it is true about certainty can be that enemy. But I remember when I heard the line, perfect is the enemy of good, right? Sort of the same thing, which is if you're waiting for everything to line right up and have the answers to every question, you may not move. And the two of us know in the work that we do, you know, helping um, communities and in particular helping vulnerable people at working to give people a hand up. It's important that we have enough evidence, but that we take action. I think another that goes along with that, another leadership lesson for me is that in my work, it is all about impact and the impact of our mission. So measurement matters. That to me has been a learning journey. But the way in which we, another way I would say it is every day, a day doesn't go by, Rob, where I don't ask myself or ask of the people I work with or the people I uh, who work at AARP Foundation, the question, to what end? And for us, we know what impact we intend to have. We have to measure to be sure that we're, you know, we hold our funds in public trust. And so we, we always need to be able to answer the impact question. Measurement isn't something to be, to be feared for a leader in an organization. It's you need to know what you're measuring and why and what are the effective tools and that measurement helps us tell the stories of impact. And impact helps us serve the right participants and draw resources to the organization. And right now is a time in, in where, you know, our nonprofit world needs fuel because the needs are growing. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to kind of fill out. I know that was a tough question because there's so many other aspects I'm sure you'd like to talk about when it comes to effective leadership. I have a feeling my listeners are going to hear this and want to know a little bit more about you, the AARP Foundation. So where could they do that? What uh, website or what resource could they go to that you could tell them online of how they can find out more about you, first of all, and as well as the foundation? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Head to aarpfoundation.org. And you'll be able to learn much more about the, the variety of programs that we have and creating economic opportunity for low-income older adults and also increasing their social connection. I'm going to give a second website, which is about our conversation regarding social isolation. Head to connect2effect.org. That's connect, the number two, effect with an A.org. And this one, Rob, is, is really important for listeners of all ages. Um, certainly, we design our work to meet the needs of low-income older adults, but I would encourage caregivers, for example, and others to head to connecttoeffect.org. On that site, we have a very easy-to-take assessment tool, and that way you can find out how you're doing with your social connection and then also learn about strategies get connected to our chat bot, learn more about connected communities and other solutions we have. But also if you're a caregiver, and isolation is a, is a big risk for unpaid family caregivers, you can take that assessment and learn some tips for your own self-care. We are in this time where we're physical distancing, but we do have to remember that physical distancing does not have to become social disconnection. I Rob, I can't repeat that enough. For, for anyone who is hearing the conversation between us, just tap into our own compassion and shared humanity. If you're, you're feeling isolated, check out Connect to Effect and know that we have resources to help you. For any of us of any age, check in on your older loved ones every day. Pick up the phone and call five older adults in your neighborhood or community. Ask how they're doing. Listen to the response. Volunteer to get groceries for someone, pick up a prescription, or volunteer for a community organization that is reopened to offer services. And research really does show that when we volunteer, it's certainly good for those we're helping, but it's really good for our own health as well. So head to connecttoeffect.org. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. It's obvious to me that you have a contagious enthusiasm and optimism, and that plays well with your leadership. And so thanks for all you're doing, in particular, making sure that older adults and seniors, their needs are being met, and particularly with this issue of isolation during COVID-19, I can tell you're providing excellent leadership. And thanks for taking time to be on the show today. Rob, I love talking with you. I had a chance recently to listen to a podcast on which you were a guest talking about your own tremendous leadership. So I, I need to share with you, I am uh, such a privilege to be with you. I really honor your career and your commitment to helping communities and important organizations and also your enthusiasm for sharing your journey of leadership with others because it's truly inspiring. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. Thanks so much for saying that. Well, Lisa, thank you again for your time. And then for my listeners, I encourage you to check out a little bit more about Lisa Marsh Ryerson and the AARP Foundation. They're doing great work. And again, especially now during COVID-19, we're a disproportionate impact with our seniors because of the COVID-19 crisis. They're doing a fantastic job to really meet their needs. So thanks again, Lisa, for your time. Thanks, Rob. 
Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.